Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Royal Ascot Tuesday preview. We're recording this on the Friday. It is currently 10.13 a.m. We need to get this out early because if we record it on Monday, we don't give you enough time to back all the winners that we, I say we, it's one other man is going to come out with. Very, very happy to be joined today by Odds Checker's brand new rating tipster, Daryl Carter. Daryl, pretty good start for you on the, on the Odds Checker roster. Yeah, it's been a great start. Thank you very much for the intro. Um, really enjoying it. Uh, one daily nap a day. Hopefully, um, giving people a few winners already. Nice to let, nice to land an eight to one bigger price winner yesterday. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Looking forward to looking forward to Royal Ascot. Well, Andy couldn't be with us today, but it's probably a good thing given that yesterday you both tipped up horses in the same race and your one scooted up at eight to one. I know Andy doesn't like to be taken on, so you know it's pretty lucky that even if it's, it would just be a virtual. Uh, clashing of minds. It's probably lucky that he isn't with us. Uh, before we, we get into this, I'm going to ask you a bit about yourself and your background, Daryl, in a second, and then we'll go through Tuesday's card of, of Royal Ascot. Um, but before we begin, I just, I just want to point everybody listening, everybody watching in the, in the direction of the Odds Checker app. It is free to download and collate all the best bookie offers, the best tips, obviously, yourself included, the best odds, and all the best free bets too. It is the smartest way to bet for the shrewdest of punters, and there is no better time than to download it as before Royal Ascot, because there'll be so many tips, so many offers, and so much value to be had. Daryl, for those who, you know, you suddenly sprung into their consciousness uh, about a week or so ago when Oddschecker started tweeting your tips, tell us a bit about how you got into racing and, and how you got into tipping. Uh, I've always been a big fan of racing, but it was my granddad that really got me into it. There's a lot of a lot of people do get into uh, racing by their elderly grandparents and stuff. Um, he got me into it. He was a very small punter. Um, I've just developed a passion for for really being obsessed with trying to find winners and studying form. Um, I'm currently a hospitality race day tipster at Cheltenham, at uh, Newmarket, Sandown, and a resident at uh, Wincanton for the jump season, um, which I love doing. I love interacting with people. Um, you get a good feel of people, get a good bit of banter back and forward, which is always good fun. I've got a daily column for gg.co.uk where all my daily tips will come out. And, of course, the daily nap exclusive to the Odds Checker <laughs> app now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun. I've done different sort of previews and stuff for Colossus as well. So I've done lots of bits and pieces, just hoping to progress. Um, Keep being obsessed, keep working hard, and, and hopefully good things will, will happen. So, Absolutely, and you touched on it there. If you're a regular reader of our columns online and you're wondering why you haven't seen any of Daryl's tips, especially the 8-1 to winner yesterday, it's because you need to download the app, exclusive to the app, so make sure you do so. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of naps going in at Ascot next week as well. Let's get on to the racing. It's just you and I today, Daryl, so I'm going to be leaning on you quite a lot, I think, the viewers and listeners will know from previous podcasts and previous videos that it's best when I do the hosting rather than the tipping. <laughs> um, so we'll start with the Buckingham Palace. And as I say, we're recording this on Friday. And it's the first race uh, of Royal Ascot. But at the moment, I think there are 63 entries. So quite hard to really take much of a view. If you don't have a view, that's totally fine. We can move on. But I'll quickly run through the market as it stands. We can, of course, expect it to cut up a fair bit over the weekend. But Darwick is the 8-1 to favourite. All these prices are the best prices on the odds checker grids as it stands. Uh, Muta Masik is 9-1. to Queso is all blue. So money's coming from somewhere. 10-1. to Cliffs of Capri, 14-1. to Blue Mist, 14-1. to And then a whole host of horses at 16-1 to and 20-1. to 
putting you straight on the spot here, Daryl. Anything catching your eye at this very early stage? Yeah, there is one catching my eye in here. Um, Andy Holden actually put him up last week for his return run at Haydock over a mile. Now, I've never really thought that Brian Epstein was a strong stayer over the mile. I thought his progressive nature was going to come over seven furlongs. That's not trying to be a dig. But I think this drop back to seven furlongs would definitely, definitely suit Brian Epstein. This strong run, big field event. He's a big, powerful type. And I was really impressed with that comeback run, actually, at Haydock. He just, just needed the run in the end, it looked like. But uh, he could have plenty more to come off a of mark of 95. And I think you're really trying to look for something in this mid-90 range. Now, Brian Epstein might not get in here. But um, if he does, he's going to get in towards the bottom of the weights. Uh, and I think that's a great thing in these big field handicaps. Um, he has got an entry later, in, late, later on in the week as well. So over a mile, you're taking a chance. I'd fancy him over seven, not so much over a mile. Um, he's an interesting runner for Richard Hannon. There's lots of bits and pieces of form that suggest that a mark of 95 is um, more than workable for him. The looks of a plum he's had in behind at Musselburgh when he was really impressive over seven. He's now £12 higher. He's given him £4 that day. So there's lots of bits and pieces. He's unexposed. He's the type that I would like for this sort of race. Um, of those at the head of the market, Derek uh, is an interesting runner for John Gosden. He's off a mark of 104 here. Um, look, he will have to be a group horse to be winning this race off that sort of mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he could be, he could well be a group horse masquerading as a handicapper. He took care of um, Voitroloy at Newcastle the other day on return. Very impressive, wasn't that it? That was an impressive performance. Um, he was second in the list of race at Newcastle the time before that. Over a mile, again, another horse where I think his best trip is over seven furlongs. He's got a nice smart turn of foot. Um, and he, he would be interested. Now, there's a few hand down runners in here. It, it will be interesting to see who Jim Crowley decides to ride. So that might be worth keeping an eye on towards the head of the market. But if, if Brian Epstein can get in here, I'd be quite confident he would give us some each way money. I think he's around 20 to 1 best price, perhaps. Um, but he, he does need to get in here. Of the rest, looks a case. So it's, it's all a bit same samey for me in these handicaps. A lot of these horses will run against each other quite a few times over, over the season. You're trying to, you're trying to pinpoint, you're trying to look for something that's different, that a horse is going to perhaps improve, perhaps for the drop back to seven furlongs, perhaps for the ground for different sort of reasons. Queso for me, I know you've said some money's coming for him. Couldn't have him off a, off a higher mark than he was running in a similar race to this last year. Um, I thought he was well held at Newcastle as well. It's hard to see him turn that form around with Derek, but, um, yeah, it could be direct group horse or for me, Brian Epstein, a bit of value about 20 to 1. Brian Epstein, 20 to 1 best price with Betfair and Paddy Power, as short as 12 to 1 elsewhere. And Derek heads the market at the moment, 8 to 1 <clears throat> with William Hill. Derek, of course, another horse that John Gosden sends to Newcastle, who you say could be end up being a group horse. We know that that is a dangerous combination when the great man sends his horses up there. A few have come on and done great things. Later on in their career, Derek will probably have to win this to prove to be that kind of level. On now to the Queen Anne. Uh, we've got Circus Maximus is the three to one favourite as it stands, as short as two to one elsewhere. That three to one is with Bet365. Uh, Fox Chairman is eight to one. Duke of Hazard, 10 to one. Hedman, 10 to one. Uh, Mustashri, 12 to one, alongside Roseman and Lord North. Uh, Skardu, Marthair, all 12 to one, 14 to one bar here. Uh, maybe just pointing out one master as well. As short as eight to one, 14 to one standout is with SpreadX. Daryl, what are you looking at here in the Queen Anne? Uh, I'm certainly looking to take Circus Maximus on here. I think he's far <laughs> too short. 
in the betting. Uh, Aidan O'Brien's come out recently and said that he's quite a lazy workhorse and that he might need the run. He reiterated that twice in an interview with Kevin Blake, which I thought was quite interesting. I also thought Fox chairman had the beating of him when they met at Chester last year. Um, granted, he's improved since then. He's had the blinkers of pride and he has improved throughout the season. He's a dual group one winner. But three to one is mighty short enough for me uh, against some horses that are plenty open to improvement. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do apply the blinkers. I don't see why they wouldn't, but if they don't, that might be a red flag for Circus Maximus. But I'll be pretty confident that I've got the winner of this race between Ooh. two horses. Yeah, okay. it's a good statement. I've got it between two horses and I've got a big one for an outside price. So Fox Chairman, um, very likely race, pretty underrated in my opinion. He's only had the four runs. He was so unlucky last year in Hampton Court behind Sangaris, just denied a run on two occasions and stayed on strongly. I think the drop back to a mile is definitely going to suit him. He's got a lovely turn of foot. And uh, I think he's been kept lightly raced by design. They did say at the end of last season that he was going to train on as a four-year-old. So coming here fresh by design for a yard that's in flying form like Andrew Boulding um, with a great jockey, Sylvester Souza. I think eight to one's a very generous each way price for him. He's won over a straight mile at, Newmar at Newbury previously. So this straight mile at Ascot shouldn't be an issue. Um, and I'm a big, big fan of his. Uh, Mohatha is another one in here. Could have plenty more to come. I was actually at Newbury on his debut. Uh, Newbury, when he beat Great Scott over seven furlongs, he was so powerful through the through the line that day. Everything told you he was a miler. Um, he ran extremely well on return after injury last year. The QE2. Um, that was on heavy ground. He would have absolutely hated that. He was denied a clear run as well. But that form is just as strong as the favourite Sirius Maximus. So at 12 to 1 and... And uh, eight to one, you could dutch the pair of those and still get bigger odds than the favourite. Those that would be where I'd be looking. But there is actually one in here as well at a massive fifty to one. I know <laughs> I'm kind of tipping up three horses here, but fifty to one. <laughs> it's all right, the one in the fifties. That's fine. Yeah, fifty to one. Bless him. I thought he was much better than the bear result at Newmarket um, <laughs> behind Marie's Diamond the other day. He didn't really handle Newmarket. It was his first attempt um, on that course, but. If you go back previous to that at Ascot, he's uh, two, two out of three on the Ascot straight course. And he actually beat Lord North very, very easily, giving him four pounds on the bridle, the run previous to that. Now, Lord North's a 14 to one shot in here. Mm -hmm. And I think his run uh, beating Elikam at Haydock has been over-exaggerated. And bless him, is 50 to one. They're going to run off level weights here today. So he's four pounds better off. Um, and he's got a fantastic record at Ascot. That are 51. I've seen a lot worse 50 to 1 shots than bless him. He's still on the improve. Um, lovely, lovely horse. Going to travel well into contention. Hopefully, he can uh, just have a bit of a turn of foot towards the end and come home stronger than most. But 50 to 1, you, I mean, it's wild. Unless he's not going to run here, that's wild. I'm sure there'll be a few people looking to bless you if that goes in <laughs> on Tuesday. 50 to 1, Sky Bet, uh, Betfair, Paddy Power, Unibet, and Betfred. A bit bigger on the exchanges as well if you want to chance your arm with a win-only bet. That is bless him for the Queen Anne. The other two you flagged up, Fox Chairman, 8-1 to one with Bet365 and Ladbrokes and Coral. And we have uh, Mohatair, basically 12-1 to one across the board. So three bullets there to take on the Aidan O'Brien short price favourite. As I say, as short as 2-1, to one, a price that Daryl Carter is keen to take on with th making a very good case for those three against it. Absolutely rattling through these now. When we get on to the King Edward uh, Mogul 
is the another short priced Aidan O'Brien favourite at 13 to 8. Short enough price as well for the Derby. A few people sweating on their Derby bets after backing him before he came over to Newcastle. Was beaten that day by Cameco, the former that run. Now looks a hell of a lot better. Cameco winning the 2000 Guineas uh, last week. Uh, Al Dabaran is 6 to 1. Mahican Heights 7 to 1. Arthur's Kingdom and Cormorant, uh, both 10 to 1. 12 to 1 bar. Start at the top of the market. Daryl, 13 to 8, best price on the Aidan O'Brien. Uh, good thing, or is it a good thing? I I can't have him. Um, I don't think anything he's done so far screams like he wants a mile and a half to me. Aidan O'Brien's had six favourites beaten in this race in the last 10 years. Um, he's had 15 horses in total run in this race in the last 10 years. And all of them have had a run over a mile and a quarter or further before coming into this. And this all steps up from, from a mile straight over to a mile and a half. Um, I know they think it's going to suit him. He is a master trainer, but 13 to 8, not really for me. Um, it's actually a lot, very lightly race. David Simcock runner in here called Mohican Heights at around 7 to 1. Uh, David actually won this in 2015. Um, with his own, his, that, that was his only other entry in the in the last ten years in this mm. race. So it's interesting that he thinks enough of Mohican Heights to put him in here. I thought he was impressive at Salisbury. He actually had uh, Berlin Tango in behind. He's gone on to win the Derby trial um, at Kempton. Obviously, that form you need to take that out of a pinch of salt because that's mm. over completely different trips. But Mohican Heights just screams like he wants much much further. Um, he's quite powerful with his nature. Um, he would be my one against the field, albeit it wouldn't be an overly strong opinion in this race. But I think seven to one each way about Mohican Heights. I think looking at the rest of the field, I don't think it's the strongest race we're going to see of the week. When you've got a horse like Mogul, who is priced up short, so short for this race, so short for the Derby compared to that last run, you'd think, you know, it doesn't really, you know, I think after that run behind Cameco at Newcastle, he drifted out to about 33s and is now back into single-figure prices some, in some places. Given the, the power of the yard, does it does it put you off getting against it a little bit? Because you just know, you probably know where that money's coming from, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, you know, it can put you off, but you, you should never really believe everything you, you read or you hear. You know, you can only work on the evidence that, you, that you're given in front of you. And 13 to 8, who's unproven at the trip, you know, I mean, that's the type of favourite I'd like to be taking on. Um, if he goes and scoops up by 10 lengths, then, then so be it. But 13 to 8, there's a lot of unknowns for 13 to 8. And then you add in the fact that six favourites have been beaten in this race for Aidan O'Brien in the last 10 years. You know, red flags start to start, start to flag up. But he could, he could be the best horse in the race. Like I say, I've been through the race time and time again trying to find something yeah. to take him on. It's not the strongest race. If, if he is as good as the money says he is, then he should be winning this quite comfortably. Like so Al Dabaran, um, he's got such a short stride length that he either wants very soft ground or he wants to drop. He doesn't want this mile and a half trip. Um, you'd think Aidan would know where he was with the other Ballydore runners, of course. Um, and then beyond that, there's not much, much at all there that's going to be looking to improve for this sort of trip. So I can see why he's favourite. I wouldn't be wanting to lay, be laying my hard end on him, though, at uh, 13 to 8. There you go. Another favourite to take on. Mohican Heights, the 7 to 1 tip for Daryl here in the King Edwards. On now to the King's stand. Uh, they call it Royal Ascot for a reason. And Batash is the even money favourite. I mean, 
yeah, I think backing Batasha even money should come with a health warning because you never really know what you're going to get. But skeptical, maybe that's me. Skeptical is three to one. Glass slippers seven to one. Oxted twelve to one. Liberty Beach sixteen to one. Uh, equilateral twenty to one. Thirty-three to one bar. Start at the top again, I guess. Daryl Batash, boom or bust, and even money. I'm I'm forever getting this this horse wrong. If I back him, he loses. If I don't back him, he scoots home. Um, I don't actually think Ascot's his, his best track. Uh, I think he saves his best for Haydock and Goodwood. Um, he's not been the strongest finishers over the five furlongs in the last couple of years here at Ascot. Sceptical, you know, could be the one mowing him down late. Um, look, I love Batash. He's a fantastic horse. No, I can't be backing him at even money. All right. I've not got a strong opinion really in this race because outside of the top two, you're really sort of clutching at straws, I think. Um, Skeptical could yet be anything. Just slightly concern me with Skeptical, though, that he's been winning so impressively over six furlongs and he's been winning so impressively over five furlongs. Whereas at this sort of level, you're bar blue point, you're either a five furlong horse or you're a six furlong horse. That would just be on the back in the back of my mind. Um, and I wasn't blown away as everybody else was. But Tash is definitely the right favourite here. It's pretty much his race to lose. Look, I'll probably have a stab at something at a price and probably play for a place in this race, to be honest. Oxted, not for me over five furlongs. I think six furlong trip is it is what he wants. I think he'll find this far too quick. He's got a nice big long stride, and I think he comes late in his six furlong races. So I think he wants six. Tis marvellous, perhaps 33 to one, not without a shout. Loves it here at Ascot. He's not really had conditions to replicate his, albeit handicap, win last year in July over five furlongs on good to firm ground here. Now, he ran a really good time that day. He was carrying nine stone eight. Those figures, I know you shouldn't compare times across different days and races, but those figures would have put him in the frame back in 2018 in, in this race. So he just might have a little bit more to come, even though he's a six-year-old. He could be running on for a place late on, but this race is a dangerous one to get seriously involved <laughs> in, I would say. Yeah, Oxford 12-1 to 1 is, is with William Hill and Bet365 uh, and Tis Marvellous 35-1, to 1, bit of a funny price. That is with uh, Betfred. Uh, you mentioned Blue Point this time last year doing the odds checker Royal Ascot preview. Uh, we did all the days in one go and we got to the Diamond Jubilee and we were running through the prices and I got to Blue Point and I said, well, we don't have to mention Blue Point because he's not going to run here. <laughs> so so we, we, we scooted straight past the winner of the race because I was like, well, he's not going to run. So what's the point in talking about him? Uh, they're, actually that, talking, they're actually talking about running, thinking about running sceptical in both as well. I see an interview wow. with Dennis O'Hogan. So that's a possibility it could happen again this year. So when we had when we had uh, Neil Channing on the Cheltenham um, preview podcast, he was tipping up related doubles left, right, and centre, Daryl. So I'm gonna have to cut you off there before you start suggesting having the sceptical <laughs> double in both races. I don't I, I don't think that's allowed. Um, Duke of Cambridge, three races to go on this uh, yeah whistle stop tour of, of day one of Royal Ascot for odds checker with Daryl Carter. Uh, Nazif is the 130 favourite. Uh, Miss O'Connor nine to two. Jubiloso eleven to two. Lavender's blue. And Terra Bellum both six to one, uh, Queen Power seven to one. Um, yeah, I mean there's there's a, there's a few left in here. I, I have a feeling this is a race that will cut up a fair bit uh, before we get to Tuesday. Um, so you're probably taking a chance no matter what you back. But what's um, what's catching your eye at this stage? Um, I de- definitely think it's a race to wait in, uh, until the Tuesday to have a bet in. Um, Nazif is the right favourite. It's very interesting that John Gosden has actually 
all of John Gosling's hopes on day one have all had a run. He's got to run into all of them before coming here. So I think he could have a very good day on day one. And they've all run pretty well as well. So <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot to like about Nazif. Lots to like the way she came home at um, Kempton the last day, beating Burzard, albeit receiving three pounds. But did it cosily enough that day to suggest that she's continuing to improve. Um, nice horse. Uh, 10 to 3. Yeah, there's not much separating the... the you know, the top five, six, seven, eight, even in, in this market. Uh, Miss O'Connor for me is a very nice horse, but she she needs soft ground to be at her best. I, I think it's interesting if they step Terra Bellum back down in trip um, to this because she's quite a free going sort. Um, I think letting her stride on, she's going to be finishing strong over a mile. But I think this is John Gosden to lose. Lavender's Blue, I expected to kick on a bit more last season. Now she was unlucky. At Newmarket, when last seen, she was blocked in her run, but you weren't convinced she was really going to get there. It's, it's a very tricky race to have an opinion on at this stage. Like you say, I think this is going to really cut up, but the market seems to have formed right bar Miss O'Connor, who's going to have an uphill task if it's good to firm ground. If I was to give you a £10 free bet, Daryl, where would it go? And I'm not, before you get excited. So. Oh, uh, Terra Bellum if they if they drop her back in trip Terra Bellum 6-1 to one at the moment with uh, Ladbrokes Coral Betfred um, but as we say maybe one just to wait until we get the, the, the decks in before uh, for this one because I have a feeling if you were going to come out um, the Ribblesdale now the penultimate race of day one uh, frankly Darling is the 7-4 to favourite ahead of Miss Yoda at 5-1 to one, and Trefoil also 5-1 to one. Uh, Elfin Queen eleven to two, Bournemouth Pride thirteen to two, uh, Ennistimon is twelve to one, sixteen to one bar, uh, including West End Girl, who's owned by Mike Spence, who we had, of course, on the yeah. Guineas Festival preview, who ran very well at a, at a big price over uh, la- last weekend. Uh, any anything here? We'll start at the top of the market with Frankie Darling, um, seven and four favourite, rightly so. Mm. Yeah, perhaps she's she's open to probably the most improvement in the field. This doesn't look the strongest of renewals, um, if I'm being honest. But I wasn't blown away with her. She did get away from Theoban at Newcastle was as powerfully as, as I first thought. When I first watched the race, I thought, wow, right. I've gone back, reviewed it, watched it again and again. It doesn't get better every time you watch it. Um, seven to four was mightily short. This might be a funny race this year. Um, I don't think the best horse in this race might win this race. I think this is going to be a race for horses that have got experience and um, you're coming back to then Miss Yoda and perhaps West End Girl of Mike Spence. I actually liked the run of West End Girl. I thought she did improve at Lingfield. She was held by Miss Yoda, but the pair of them didn't really handle Lingfield. Um, they were all over the place. West End Girl was very unbalanced on the undulations of Lingfield. Um, she could have more to come up in trip. She stayed on nicely. It's almost like she was mm. getting the hang of things and still being taught at the end. I think 20 to 1 about a horse with her sort of experience is a fair each way price. I can't see a standout star in this at the moment. This race might be one of those that works out great going forward. But the winner of this race, I think, is going to come with most experience. Miss Yoda, I'm not entirely convinced, is going to be the strongest stayer at the stiff, stiff trip at, at Ascot. Um, I would have West End Girl to reverse the form of Miss Yoda, actually. Um, but I've got no, no strong, real strong opinion. I'd, if you're giving me another free bet, I'd take an each way stab at West End Girl uh, and hope Mike Spence is there celebrating. <laughs> <on the day. laughs> 
maybe that's why Mike couldn't join us today, is he didn't want to listen. He, he gave us English King last week, and uh, you could tell he did it through gritted teeth, and it was all blue come Saturday morning. So maybe that's why he steered clear of us this time. Um, but no, it was very good of Mike to give us that winner, and best of luck to him. Uh, a good friend of Oddscheckers, best of luck to him with West Ham going at 20 to 1. That is with Paddy Power and Betfair. We, we, we've got to the last race of the day, Darren. It's absolutely flown by. I hope it flies by, by this quickly. Last time it flew by this quickly in Ascot, it was because of too much pims. Um, <laughs> on to the Ascot Stakes, which is the last race of Tuesday. Um, yeah, another one that has, I think, 40-odd horses in it at the moment. So, yeah. um, like the Buckingham Palace, we have to be a little bit careful as to, you know, we, we don't want to tip up any horses. Just It comes with the, with the warning that, that horses are going to come out here. Um, but Badana Blue is the 92 favourite with Unibet, a short three to one elsewhere. Uh, Moon King, the only single figure horse of Badana Blue, Moon King and True Destiny, both 12 to one. Uh, Diocletian is 12 to one alongside Land of Oz and Summer Moon, a bit of money for Summer Moon, eight to one in a place. Uh, Blue Lorette, 14 to one. Dubarwi, 50, 14 to one. 16 to one bar. And there are a lot down there as well. So, yeah. Darren, any 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 horses? Maybe just to, to keep an eye on rather than that now, or, or just to get involved with. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be get wouldn't be getting involved right now. I've been. I think your advice is great to to wait. There's going to be a lot coming out here. There's going to be a lot of different things to look at here in terms of pace, pace angle, etc. Um, Blue Lorette is one that's definitely on my radar. Um, I thought ran a really nice race at Haydock, just beaten about a head by Moon King. Felt that Kieran Fallon perhaps thought he had the race one on the line. Moon King, of course, um, battled back and, and just beat him by a head. But I think this trip, two and a half miles, is definitely what Blue Lorette wants. Um, I, I'd like the horse. Uh, Kieran Fallon's got a fantastic record on this horse. Um, takes three pounds off. You know, um, is actually much better off at the weights with Land of Oz. Now, he was behind Land of Oz last year, but he's actually 12 pounds better off with that horse. And that horse is shorter in the market. So probably couldn't have Land of Oz. But Dana Blue is very interesting, um, especially if you look back at that run um, in the Group 3 at Ascot last May, where she finished fourth behind DXB. That form is fantastic. But this is a different trip. This is two and a half miles. She runs over two miles. She's a bit of a speedster over hurdles. Two and a half miles on the flat might be a slightly different test especially carrying nine stone 10 off a mark of 100. Uh, on her hurdle exploits, she would be absolutely thrown in, really, if using the rule of 45. But um, short enough with a big weight over a trip, she's not guaranteed to get. Um, but, you know, not a lot of this market, even if 10, 10 of these, however many, has got to come out, not a lot of these prices are going to be much different than on the day. Yeah. So it's definitely worth having waiting around and 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 getting on the Oz Checker app and having a little scoot around on the day and seeing where, where the best price is. So Blue Lorette fourteen to one as it stands. I guess with the Dyna Blue probably worth seeing what the market does on the morning of the race as well because that could be fairly significant uh, yeah. there. But fourteen to one best price for Blue Lorette nine to two uh, Uni Bet with the Dyna Blue at the moment. And that brings us to the end of, of the Tuesday of Royal Ascot. I've managed to get through the whole thing without giving a tip, which I'm delighted about, and you should be too. Uh, <laughs> Daryl, what would you, um, what what would be your nap of the day as it stands? I'll go. I almost said bless him at fifty to one. Uh, I, think, I, I, I think you can. I think you know Mike. Mike gave us um, Starcat for the Guineas as his uh, as one of his, and it, it. I mean, if if the race had been four 
four or five furlongs, but it absolutely hacked up, so it was fine. But <laughs> yeah, but I've got such a loyal a loyalty to Fox Chairman. It's... I'll tell you what, let's go Brian Epstein in Ooh. the in the handicap over okay. seven the Buckingham Palace handicap. Let's go Brian Epstein at twenty to one. Brian Epstein at twenty to one is Daryl Carter's current nap of the Tuesday at Royal Ascot. Make sure if you like what Daryl said, even if you haven't liked what Daryl said, to be honest, make sure that you download the Odds Checker app. Uh, you get all the best offers, all the best prices, free bets, the absolute lot. And if you want Daryl's nap of the day, not just for Royal Ascot, but every single day for racing going on around the UK, then you can only find it there. Uh, if you've enjoyed this video, make sure you stay tuned. We're recording this on Friday the 12th, but early next week, we'll be recording our previews for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Can't believe next week we've got Royal Ascot and we've got the return of football. So much to get excited about. So Odds Checker is the place to be for all of that. Enjoy the week and make sure you bet responsibly and hopefully you've got a few winners in here too.